Welcome to Signs of Life, Exploring Survival of Consciousness, brought to you by Forever Family Foundation, on the web at foreverfamilyfoundation.org. I call your name, the echo is haunting, the echo is always the same. I call your name, the echo is haunting, an echo can never be changed, so I call your And welcome to the gathering on Signs of Life Radio. I am Bob Ginsberg, and I am here with Tom and Melissa Gould. As we've always been together, how many years? I don't know. It's been a lot of years. So. Oh, that's been a lot of years. Wow. Yeah. Um, and this is the show where we invite your questions. Um, you're invited to call in and join in the conversation. The number here is 888 627 6008. We not only want to field questions, but we want you to share some experiences um, that you may have. Um, so we, we always want to hear from you. Um, I am, let me see, we already have some, some, uh, some, you know, callers coming in. I'm trying to uh, figure out what we're going to do first, but let me just say, uh, some announcements. Uh, as many of you know, our grief retreats sell out very quickly. So the grief retreat we have coming up this month in Connecticut has been sold out for a long time and there's a very extensive waiting list and also the same for July. But there are um, some spots available for our retreat in California. Um, I think at last count, we had about 10 spots left. So if you uh, feel that you need to be at a retreat, um, that's your opportunity. Or if you know somebody that will be there, uh, you can uh, find out more information on our website. Also, our uh, summer raffle is uh, is up and running. Uh, you can enter a raffle to win a, a reading with one of five certified mediums. It's five bucks a chance. It helps us raise some money. And that uh, raffle, uh, you can look under events on our website and in the, in the uh, July month, you'll see the uh, the raffle. Um, before we we get to some questions and some calls, I, I just want, I wanted to get your opinion on this. So, I my grandson, you know, who's eight years old, he has one of these uh, artificial intelligence, uh, you know, metavision things, and he's addicted to it and. You know, you see him flailing around the room and, you know, he just can't get enough. Of course, it's all games, you know, and I'm not interested. I was interested in it, but I'm not interested in the games, but I'm interested in the experiences, you know. And I put one on the other day and, and you know, I'm floating through split uh, space and seeing the stars and like the planets. And it dawned on me that, you know, if I had the expertise, you know, I, I would develop a pro, you know, a, a, a program, an experience um, of the afterlife, you know, based upon what we've been talking about and what we suspect the afterlife, like the different dimensions and floating and things that you're doing there. Uh, you know, I thought that would be pretty cool. Yeah. But then, then I started to think, but and what if 
in in this program of the afterlife, there was a way of kind of downloading your loved one that's in spirit. So not only would be you'd be experienced in the afterlife, but you would you would you know have some sort of a connection or meeting with your loved ones. And the reason I bring it up is, would you find something like that helpful or or hurtful? You know, because on the one hand, you know, it, it's not a true a true reuniting, but on the other hand, I mean, a lot of people love to look at photographs and, you know, in this other setting, what you have an opinion on that? Maybe our listeners do, but you know, would would you, what do you, what do you, you think you would enjoy that or not? Well, I guess it depends on how well it's made. The quality of it could be interesting. I think ultimately it would leave you empty because you know it's not the real thing. So uh, yeah, I don't think it's as uh, beneficial as a dream visit or a medium reading. I, oh right. I'm thinking about one. I believe it was last year in Connecticut where I brought that old old style telephone with the dial. Yeah. For our attendees to go off into nature dial the old familiar number that they used to always call and speak to their loved ones and that was based on an experiment or an experience i believe in the pacific northwest where there was a phone attached to a tree in the woods and just somehow being out in nature with the sounds of the air and the wind and the solitude and phoning your loved one was very beneficial for people so this would be similar, and and you're thinking of giving it, a, you know, an actual face. So yeah, well, it's, it's something to think about. I mean, as we, as you well know, I mean, everybody deals with grief differently. So some people might find it enormously helpful, and and uh, and some people might not. But that's the nature of grief, you know. Imagine walking into a room, Bob, and just seeing everyone wearing those headsets. <laughs> and, and maybe they're all talking. <laughs> well, you don't. Well, you know, that's what it's going to come to. You walk into a restaurant now and nobody's talking to each other. Everybody's right. on the phone. So, like, maybe in five years, everybody's going to be wearing goggles, you know. It's yeah. like, <laughs> what, what's the point, you know? It's like, um, you know? I wouldn't be opposed to it because, uh, you know, as we go when our we go in our grief retreat, it was it's all about filling a toolbox full of tools that you can use to help you uh, with your grief. Some people, some of it works, some of it doesn't, but you know, the more we can offer uh, gives everybody uh, a, a good shot at finding something that will help them. Right. Yeah. All right. So why don't we do something different? Um, let's go to a call first before we get to some of the other questions. Right. So we have, um, Merlene on the line uh, from Boston. Merlene? Hello? Hi. Hi. Can you, hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I enjoy listening to it, and I'm going to the grief retreat in July. Oh, Can't wait. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, I need to be here. Uh, I My experiences with signs are, um, well, I was engaged to this wonderful young man, young, and our parents didn't approve, and we got separated for 40 years, but we never stopped loving one another, and then we met up again in 2018, and our love was just as strong as before, um, and 
and we had a couple years together and then he developed an illness and uh, died within six weeks. And when um, he was telling me that he was dying, I would, I, I don't know where this came from, but I said, I will find you. And that's before I knew about spirits or anything, but it just was so knee jerk. But, um, and then after he passed, I went into the, his car, it was his car. I opened up the console and there was a, uh, a dental floss and I turned the dental floss over and in his handwriting was hi. And um, that startled me, but I knew he was there. And then I rented a car and turned on the radio and he was he was in a uh, heavy metal band and he was the singer and I'm in, I'm in this rental car turn on the radio and there he's singing to me in this rental car and and then every time that I would I walk a lot and he knew that and I'd be going around this pond and in the very beginning um every time I would go I would find a painted rock some would say, I love you. Some would say, one day at a time. Um, and that, and I knew it was, I just felt it was from him. And then, but the biggest one was one night I was um, just grieving him. And so I decided to text him and I'm crying and I'm texting him and I'm saying, show me a sign that you still remember me and you love me. And, and then I fell asleep. And the next morning I woke up and that text message was surrounded by pink hearts. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. my word. Well, th these yeah. are... These, been... I was going to say, th these are some things that it's hard to question. Now, I have never, ever met anybody that wrote high uh, on dental floss. So, <laughs> you know, <No>. you can't... <laughs> so, um, it's, it's hard to question things like that, right? Yeah. Um, and I also saw when I first started walking around the pond a white squirrel and an albino squirrel and oh. I had never seen it since. But oh my goodness. Yeah. Those are wonderful, wonderful for you to have and to and, and to remember like that. I'm just so excited that we'll get to see hear more and when we get to see you at the retreat in July. Yeah, the, the signs have stopped and I miss them and and I'm wondering what I can do um, to, I mean, I don't know, do spirits move on after? I mean, he died in 2020 and um, I'm still grieving him immensely, and but I haven't received any signs lately. Do they move yeah. on? It, it's, it's, it's not unusual. I mean, for a lot of people, um, the signs come on uh, very frequently. Um, you know, the closer you are to the passing and then they kind of wane. Uh, who knows the reason? It could be that um, you don't, you know, need them as much. Like you got the, the strong messages across to you. Now you're kind of on your own to to figure the rest out. Or maybe, um, you know, sounds like a person that was uh, very, very active and, and doing all sorts of things. So who knows what they're doing on the other side, you know? Um, but, and, and of course they know that they're going to see you again. So, but, um, there's not much that you can do other than to do what you're doing now is remain open, set your intention, ask them to come through and see what happens. Yeah. And share yeah. your story. 
stories, sharing them. Yeah. And, and we believe, you know, our loved ones can hear us talk about them. So as Tom will tell you, write them down and, and share them with others. Thank well, thank you, you for yeah. sharing those with us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. And we'll see you soon. Right. That's right. Okay. Thank you. Bye Take now. Care. Bye. 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 Um, <clears throat> I have another experience to read, but before I do that, let's go to um, Susan from New Jersey. Hello, Susan. Hi. Hi. Welcome. How are you? Tonight? Okay, good. Welcome to Signs of Life. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Did you have something that you wanted to share? You had a question? Well, I, uh, I've i had uh, many experiences through the years. I've seen different channel mediums through the years, uh, a few in particular that have been terrific, and found the communication is very clear at times, especially shortly after passing. But um, uh, even afterwards, uh, within a year, two years, um, when you go to a medium, there you can almost have a conversation with people, you know, loved ones that come through as if they're still alive. And it's just, I just find it uh, very interesting. Uh, um, I just wondered what your thoughts are. Well, that's, that's the whole point, I mean, of a good mediumship reading is you, you feel like you're in a, direct conversation with your loved one through a third party. Um, so, I mean, if you, it sounds like you got a strong reading and if you felt like you were um, speaking with your loved one, I mean, you know, what's better than that? I mean, un- you know, unfortunately not every medium is the same and, and not everybody has the same experience, but there's nothing better than having um, a, an extremely evidential reading. I mean, what could give you more, you know, hope and knowledge and and comfort than uh, knowing that you you're, you that your loved one still exists, just not not in bodily form. Yeah. So yeah, um, it's just I just wonder, do they? Uh, I lost someone very close to me, this fellow that I lived with. It's, it'll be just a year in uh, two weeks, uh, and uh, I feel like he's around all the time, but uh, I have not gone to a medium in probably maybe three, four months. And, uh, and like, I feel like he's around, but I, it, you can't communicate with him because of that. And, uh, cause the, obviously the clear communication is with a medium, but, um, is it, I just find, is it, are they around because I'm thinking about them or, or they're thinking about me and I think about them? Is it, I, it's, it's hard to explain. Yeah, it could be either way. I mean, it's certainly uh, Melissa has a great uh, analogy that she talks about if you're at a party and uh, everybody's talking and then somebody on about six feet away are having another conversation and somebody mentions your name and immediately mm-hmm. you go, you turn your head and you go, oh, what's who's talking about me? Well, it's the same thing with, with spirit. If you're here on... Uh, you know, in the physical world, and you mention their name, or or they, you don't even have to speak it. If you think of it, think of them. Yeah, they. It's the same thing. They'll go, oh, you're thinking about me, and they, a lot of times, will. It's like they right just there. appear. 
like they just appear, like just come to you. Yeah, I I, I agree. You know, what Tom said. I mean, I, I look at it as, you know, that they're not monitoring your life twenty four hours a day. I mean, they're not watching everything you're doing. But when you are exhibiting strong emotion, whether that emotion right. is love or sorrow or or or, or anything. Um, that provides a conduit and they pick up on it, you know, and I think that's sort of how they know when you're crossing over too, because you're, they just know when your soul is releasing from your body and it's that, and it just opens up and that's how they know to be there to greet you. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's, you can't make it happen, but, Mm -hmm. but they, they know when they're needed to give you some reassurance. And also, what is something you said earlier that you, you could feel he was around, but he w- couldn't communicate with you because of you not being a medium. And right, that is true. However, he can hear you. So if you feel he's around, talk to him, and then maybe suggest, hey, maybe in my dream you could come and uh, you know we could actually see each other type of thing. Uh, I have. I have, and he has come through in dreams. I have, but it's just sometimes you don't remember them. They're fleeting. It's 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 difficult without the contact through a medium, and through the medium, it's like it's very strong. Yes, it's so strong that it's. Uh, uh, I, some people are frightened by it. I'm not at all. I I feel that I've come to a. a a great understanding of death where I'm not afraid. It doesn't, it doesn't mean an ending and I'm not afraid of it at all. That's right. When you, you know, there's one thing when they're delivering, delivering messages to you, but often I, in a reading, their personality comes through. It's not what they say, but there's how they're saying it. And you're going, wow, that's exactly him. You know? Right. So, yeah. That's it, but there he is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing beats a medium reading at this point, but uh, but I do. Uh, as Bob said, you know, keep keep an open mind, uh, keep your eyes open, uh, uh, look for the little subtle things, and uh, hopefully, you will find uh, more signs. Yeah. Well, well, thank thank you for for sharing that with us, Susan. All right. Thank you for taking right. my call. Okay. Take care. Have a good evening. Thank you. You too. Um, we're going to go to more calls. Before we go to the next call, I wanted to read one that came in. Um, uh, uh, this person said, my oldest uh, sister died in 2013 at age 66. Marlene was an incredibly talented artist and completely free spirit. One of the last times my husband and I saw her was in Waikiki when we dropped her off at a park near her apartment. She was smoking a cigarette and she did a little dance and sang, do what you want to do, go where you want to go. It was charming. I didn't know that song before she sang it. And I believe it was the go where you want to go song sung by the fifth dimension in 1967 when Marlene was 20 years old. About a year after Marlene passed, my husband and I fixed a Christmas dinner for my elderly parents. My mother had Alzheimer's. During our holiday meal, my mother suddenly sang, do what you want to do, go where you want to go, and then just went on eating without further ado. 
my husband and I were astonished because it seemed like Marlene was perhaps sending a holiday greeting. She loved holidays. And the same thing happened two years later at a holiday meal with my parents at their retirement community. And then once again at another meal. I'm sure my mother didn't know that song. And each time she sang it out of the blue, my husband and I were amazed. It seems like Marlene has sent us a lot of signs, but do what you want to do, go where you want to go, really summed up a fiercely independent spirit and most likely contained advice for us as well. Oh, that's a wonderful story. I'm going to remember that. Yeah, that that's great. You know, and also significant is the fact that her mother had Alzheimer's, you know, so she was Oh. mentally impaired and yet she's oh. coming out with that song so even more significant yeah oh i love that all right let's let's go uh back to some phone calls um we have uh paulie from ohio hello hi Paul. hi how are you okay good welcome to to the gathering thank you thank you for taking my call you're welcome i have a question um Sure. My daughter passed away in May, and since then I've had a very clear vision of her, which happened about two days after she passed. And then over the last few months, I've probably dreamed about her maybe twice, but they were just dreams. And the last few nights, I I don't sleep very well anyway, and I never remember my dreams, and I usually don't dream about people, but I woke up feeling like, did I dream about her? Was she in my dream? Was there something going on? And I just don't know what that means. I couldn't remember a single thing. And I'm just wondering, was there something there? Did, did you um, email that to us as well? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I, I, re- I recall, you know, reading that. And, and, you know, I did want to address that. I, I think that sometimes, you know, we have, we have these visitation dreams that you do remember and they're, you know, they're very um, significant. And in those dreams, you could talk to your loved one or you could hug them and smell them and kiss them and mm-hmm. as, as if they were there. Um, and those are really significant forms of after-death communication. And then there are other dreams. And the reason I remember your email, because that happens to me a lot now too, um, and, and that I'm having kind of a, this combobulated regular dream. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the dream, my loved one pops in for no real apparent reason, you know? So the way I look Mm -hmm. at it is that that they're trying to get through, but they're, you know, that my mind is rehashing all the events and fears and things that I have that I wanted to remember, but they still want to get through to say hello. So they pop in anyways. So, you know, so I I think that maybe you're getting these pop-ins just to say hi. um, And, but Mm -hmm. prepared for the full blown ones because they'll come as well. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. And I get a lot of signs anyway, but I'm just wondering is this just a weird thing that I just can't remember my dreams or is she trying to communicate? Most, most people um, do not remember their dreams at all. I mean, and that's the, that's yeah. why when you have the, these visitations, they're so significant because it's, it's the opposite, you know, that you remember everything. Um, and then as, mm-hmm. as, 
as as you know Tom and Melissa will tell you I mean write write them down yes you know keep a keep a ledger around your night table and if you you know if you get them even these other dreams that you're having it might help to uh, to write them down but if you if you get a dream visitation um you certainly mm-hmm. want to write it down because even though you will remember them you know years might go by and you might be feeling sad and then you just pick up the your ledger and you say wow you know <laughs> you know so it, it gives you some reassurance and renewed hope so um yes yeah, good i appreciate that thank you yeah. all right well thank you and uh, pleasant dreams all to right. you <laughs> thank you okay. bye-bye bye-bye um all right well while we're taking calls let's go to Aunt angie from california Hello, Angie. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. I just wanted to share um, a sign that I did receive from my daughter. I lost her. I was pregnant. I was 20 weeks pregnant, five months when I lost her. So um, I have dreamt about her, and I've come to learn that her spiritual color is yellow. So one time when I was driving my my son to basketball, um, you know, I asked her for a sign uh, just to let her know, you know, she's with us. And on our drive over there, um, a car like got in front of me, like almost like wanting for me to, you know, to pay attention to this car. So um, he got in front of me, and I looked at the, the license plate, and the license plate numbers were all in yellow, which is her color. Mm-hmm. And then it said seventeen, uh, seven sixteen. So it was spelled seven, and then one six, and that's her birthday, oh. July sixteen. Oh, so I definitely cool. took that as my sign, not only her birthday, but also her color. Yeah. Um, so that was very special. And um, I told my son, take a picture, take a picture. Like I wanted to have that picture. So I treasure that picture. And um, after that, I got pregnant again. And unfortunately, I also lost my baby. And um, a few a few weeks after that, I went outside and I was asking my baby for you know for a sign to let me know that she was with my other daughter. I had lost Leilani, so I asked her, "Please send me a sign so I know that you both are together." So right away, a tiny little white butterfly flew right in front of me. So I took that as my sign. Um, so from then forward, I called her my little white butterfly. Mm. A few days ago, um, we went to the store just to pick up some random stuff, a quick stop. And as we were headed towards the um, self-checkout, I happened to glance over at the woman's section and up against the wall was the sweater hanging with white butterflies. So I knew I had to buy this white, you know, this sweater with the white butterflies. (laughs) So I bought it. And on our drive home, I was just thinking, you know, how special it was that, you know, I found this white butterfly sweater without even looking for anything like that so I took that as a sign from my little white butterfly and as we got home you know it had been, it has been raining these past few days we got home and when I stepped out my car there was a puddle on the floor you know a water puddle and it was in shape of a heart wow. so I was like oh my gosh you know this is confirmation that you know my little white butterfly is coming through not only that, I got home. I was so happy, like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting all these beautiful signs. So I wanted to take a picture with this sweater on. So I took a few pictures, and I you know, I couldn't decide. I wanted to post the story, and I couldn't decide which picture to use. 
So as I'm glancing through my pictures, I noticed the time on one of the pictures I took. Um, it was at 5.27 p.m. My little white butterfly, I lost her May 27, which oh, is 5.27. So I took that as my sign, as that's the picture that she liked, and that's the picture she wanted me to post. Yes. yes. Well, yes. well, thank you for sharing those. And most importantly, now you know that they're together, right? Yes. Wow. For sure, they're yeah. definitely together. Yes. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, uh, and 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 it, it it also is also you know amazing um, that you know chronological age doesn't mean anything on a soul level. You know when you're in the right. afterlife, so um, they can communicate with you and send you signs the same way that you'll be able to do to your loved ones when your time comes. So it's. Um, that's wonderful. We're glad that you get those signs, and I hope you get many more. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Have a good evening, and thanks for Thank sharing. You. you too. Right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bob, can I read? I came across a slip of paper today that was in Tom's handwriting. Yeah. And he had dated it October the 8th, 2010, and his mom had died on October 5th. So three days after Tom's mom died, let me put on these uh, big aviator glasses to read this. Um, we Tom and I recalled the incident. So we were driving um, near our home down past, uh, well, in our area, Bob, you might recall Park Avenue, yeah. but there's sort of a town park and on the corner of this town park, which is really just big empty land with some trees, some artists have chosen to start putting up some interesting artwork structures on the corner of the property. And on this, and it was, it, it hadn't happened previously, but since then there have been more pieces added. But on this date, we're driving by and suddenly to the right of us, I noticed there's a life-size horse statue erected in the park and I know that um Tom's mom was a fan of that racehorse that they made a movie about we all went to see it Seabiscuit I was going to say an s name Seabiscuit so I looked at the horse and I said hey that's new it must be for mom and then suddenly a, a van pulled up with a license plate that said second life <laughs> right beside us and the horse and the and that vehicle had horse decals all in the back window oh really yeah so you I know i know i know that exact i used to drive past that horse you know sculpture all the time i know exactly what you're talking about yeah sometimes someone puts a um a wreath of flowers around yeah. its neck yeah. but it was funny that i just found this slip of paper yeah interesting today yeah yeah well, it makes sense. We're talking about signs, so that was a good and the value of writing it down. I had forgotten about that story. So, uh, had I had that in a journal, I could have read through, and uh, but I did write it down. Yep, and dated it. Yeah. So, question that came in: uh, My loved one, whom I was very close to, was shy and not particularly open and talkative, especially with strangers. Will it be potentially be more difficult for a medium to hear much from them in a reading once they have made a connection 
or even difficult to make a connection. Um, that's it's a two-part question. So the, the other part of that is, secondly, I want to I want to ask my loved one questions. Are mediums mediums open to the sitter asking their loved ones questions and then listening for answers, or does it depend on the medium? What kinds of questions are they most likely to be able to interpret answers to? Uh, for example, can there be specific questions about what happened in the past, such as the time of the transition or the time during the person's lifetime? So let's break that down. Um, the first question is a good one because it gets asked frequently is that if somebody was not open and somewhat shy in their, in their physical life, does that carry over? Um, I don't know the answer, but I know a lot of mediums have said in readings that your loved one is very shy and standing off in the back and prefers to let everybody else come, you know, come forth. So you've heard that, right? At the various, you know, so, um, but then again, um, we've also heard from people that were reserved, um, and they're very active in communicating. So I don't think there's any hard and fast rule to that. Um, but we have heard what you, what this person is saying that, um, I don't think it's, uh, however, I don't think it's more difficult for the medium to make the connection. Maybe they just get shorter answers, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think in that case, you would probably want to do a one-on-one -on -one reading. Just with what the, I was uh, going to say, yeah. The medium, because I, I, I have often seen, we have what we call gallery readings, where one medium will read a room of 50 people, and and they will even say, well, your, uh, your mother's coming through like gangbusters, because uh, that's the way she always was. And so if if you have someone who was shy... Uh, they may not come through in a gallery reading so much. But if you're one-on-one -on -one with a medium and they're a good medium, well, it's not a matter of being a good medium or not. It's a matter of whether the your loved one's spirit connects with that particular medium. There are good mediums who some spirits, you know, they're, they're just not on the same wavelength, almost, quite literally, really. And uh, so that that's a variable that we can't say hard and fast mm -hmm. there are. But in this situation, I, I would just have to say you'd, you'd want to have a one-on-one -on -one reading with the medium if if your loved one was shy. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, the second part of the question, are mediums open to the sitter asking their loved ones questions? Well, you know, some mediums are. I mean, we always advise sitters not to divulge information, you know, and not to ask, you know, questions because we're trying to avoid the medium picking up on cues that they're, you're giving them because the question might be leading and giving the medium, um, you know, information. We much prefer it when the medium gives the information to you um, about um, their transition and, you know, and, and things of that nature. Having said that, um, I've seen a lot of mediums that after the reading is over, you know, and, you know, before they're closing the reading and saying goodbye, the medium will say, do you have any questions, you know, before you go? And then they might field the question or two. I mean, we don't allow that when we, when we certify mediums in the process, but 
I don't see anything wrong with it once the the reading is done and you've already gotten your evidence. And sometimes, and um, you know, the sitter will just come out with it and say, can, can, "By the way, can you tell me my loved one's name?" Because I didn't mention it before. More often than not, the medium can't because because if if they did, they would have said it already. But sometimes other information you know comes through. So that's that's what I would say to that. Um, yeah, I would I, I would add that you touched on it that you should wait a little bit. Make sure that the medium is actually communicating. Uh, you know by giving yes or no answers. They might come up with a, uh, you know, a dazzle moment where you go, oh, my gosh, they couldn't possibly know that. That must be my loved one. Then, you know, after you get a couple of those, then you might relax a bit and say, well, you know, this this medium seems to be legit. So let me ask, you know, where did I leave my car keys? <laughs> you know, and as Bob says, a lot of mediums they get their information in different ways not they're not hearing sentences necessarily sometimes they're seeing pictures that are symbols that they recognize so it may be very difficult for many mediums to get too specific but it doesn't hurt to try you know if i was reflecting on different experiences i've had and i have not had too many personal readings in my life but thinking that what the caller said earlier about having a conversation with their loved one, that's how I went into one of the medium readings that I was gifted with, just wanting to have a, a conversation and not really me testing the medium's ability at all. So it made me think that if some people have mediums, they return to over and over again and you know the medium has gotten to recognize their loved one's spirit entity it's a familiar um feeling to them which we sometimes hear but it got me now cons and i was thinking oh that's you know that might be a really nice experience then that you the from the medium is already familiar with your loved one's spirit and energy but then it got me to think, as a sitter, when that medium shares information, would I remember that that just wasn't something that had already come up in a previous reading that maybe they were now repeating back to me? So it's tricky. It's very yeah, tricky. It is. And, you know, and, and, and just to follow up on what you said, a lot of mediums will tell us that they never ever remember you know a reading that they did in the past but others i mean i've watched them do readings when they read somebody before and and clearly some mediums do remember you know uh, in, information so you're right it's tricky and it's different um this person said that he was told by a medium that he had clear sight and he didn't understand what he what the medium meant by clear sight uh, but he goes on to say that in his dreams, though, he can see great detail. Um, and he told me to pay attention to my dreams. And then I began to realize what he meant by clear sight because um, his loved one started to visit him, you know, in his dreams. He also mentions that um, in his dreams, 
he's sometimes conscious that he's actually in a dream and he can do things such as flying around and that's called lucid dreaming. And that's a lot of people have that. Um, And as he said in his email, it was a pretty cool experience flying (laughs) around, you know? So yeah, that's great, you know, and and treasure that. So uh, I guess um, you certainly have clear sight in your dreams. So (laughs) Um, yeah, I had a guitar player once who said he could do lucid dreaming, uh, you know, pretty much all the time. And I thought, well, that's pretty interesting. So I, uh, I experimented with it and I was able to do it a couple of times. I, uh, when you're in a dream and you think you're in a dream, there are things you can do. Like if you look at a, a something written down and then you read it and then you turn your head away and you look back. If it's a dream, it it won't say the same thing. It'll be different. Uh, and of course, you're as this caller or the letter says, uh, that's the first thing I wanted to do. I said, okay, well, I'm going to fly, and and there, all of a sudden, I'm off the ground and I'm flying. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I haven't. I've only done it. I only did it a few times, and I haven't done it since. But. Uh, but it does happen and it's, it's, it is fun. Yeah. And there are, I know there are a lot of courses that people could take and there are people that teach lucid dreaming. And there's quite a number of books that have, um, I think one author is uh, Stephen uh, LaBerge who who wrote a lot about uh, lucid dreaming. So I haven't tried it myself, but a lot of people as, as Tom was able to do uh, can, actually teach themselves to do it. You know, you can also have a lucid dream within a dream visitation, you know, because, I mean, I won't get into it, but you remember the story where I had somebody come to me um, while I was dreaming. It was a visitation dream, but I knew that I would have to contact this child's parents. So while I was in the dream, I was making a mental note to to pay attention to all of the details so i was able to interact within my dr- visitation you know dream and those details you know proved to be right so uh, it doesn't you know it can happen in you know any time you know even when you think you can't do that stuff that's right certainly you know you're reminding me bob the dr- a, a dream visit Possibly. Well, I still remember it. So I guess it was a dream visit, very short. But my dad was in it and and surrounded by a group of people and as if he was moving through a crowd and these people who were interested in him and what he had to say were surrounding him, which, you know, kind of was the life he led in the physical form. But in my dream, seeing my dad, I rather than approach him, I was like, I've got to find Bob and Fran so I can ask them what I should ask my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and that was about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, also in these, in these dream visitations and probably a lot of people listening will be able to re- relate to it because I've heard it a lot and it happened to me. The first time that I had a dream visitation from my daughter, the first thing that I said to her is, do you know that you're dead? You know, um, because You know, here she was in front of me, but I knew, you know, that she also had died. And I'm trying to reason that out. So, 
you know, I wanted, and I, I don't remember what her answer was. I have it in a ledger somewhere when I wrote it down. But I've heard that from other people, you know, that that uh, that's the first thing, because it's so amazing, you know, that you want to know if they know that they're not, <laughs> you know, so. Um, let's see. Uh, we had one question. Somebody says, do mediums ever talk about aliens? Um Certainly not in a reading, you know, because how would the sitter verify that that information? But in personal conversations that I've had with mediums, those certified by a foundation, um, I think a lot of the mediums do believe, you know, that there's life out there and alien life. I don't know whether... I don't think I've ever asked them if they communicate with them. Um, right. but, uh, and we've read a lot of books written by the mediums, at least that we've certified and, and other mediums. And I don't recall that ever coming up. Do you Tom? No, that's, uh, but I love the idea. I love the idea of it. I, yeah. Well then again, you know, yeah, it'd be really cool if we asked some of the mediums to, to communicate with um, non earthly. So, but, the, but they're communicating with, non-earthly entities all the time <laughs> but those entities happen to have originated on earth but what about those that that don't so um you know the next thing you know we're going to have uh joe the alien medium you know <laughs> yeah, it's like you know everybody's a lot, a lot of these nicknames you know that the mediums have for themselves i'll have to remember to ask that uh, during the next panel discussion at one of the retreats yeah you know, you'll have to that's a uh, that that's a a, a Liz uh, question. That's an, that's an inside joke, but I I did an interview with Liz last night, so it's on my oh. mind. Oh, yeah. Um, do, do, a question was, you know, can people who are in comas or unresponsive, you know, hear us when we speak to them? Um, and I believe that they can. Yeah. Um, a lot of um, not necessarily physicians, but a lot of nurses and hospice people believe, you know, that you can. And, you know, our feeling, which I know you'll agree with me, is that even though the, the, the brain apparatus is not working properly, the signal is still coming, you know, so they're, they're not hearing, they're not interpreting it, it with their physical brains um, you know, because the radio is broken, but the signal's still coming in, and they're hearing it on a, on a different level. That their mind is hearing it, their soul is hearing it, but not their physical brain. So, yeah, I mean, we always counsel people to um, to talk to their loved ones, even when they think that their loved ones are not hearing them. Yeah, int- uh, oh, I'm sorry, ahead. Tom, but interestingly, I was just part of a, a se- seminar the other day and I I think it perhaps was a hospice worker saying the same thing you did Bob but saying that hearing is the last of the senses to go so even if a loved one is not responding always keep talking always yeah Yeah, when uh, my father was near death he had a massive stroke and he was in the hospital and they, you know, the, we saw the brain scan. There was, it was not, there was nothing left. And he was, uh, 
unconscious, unresponsive, and uh, but I was sitting there talking with him, and there were times when I would say something that was significant, and he would move, and the doctor would say, "Well, you know, that's just a, you know, just a just a, you know, the right. doctors and are filled with reflex, just. Yeah. Yeah. but it only happened about two or three times when I was in the room with him and they were all right after I had said something extremely significant. Uh, basically I was telling him that I would look after his wife, uh, you know, my mom and, and take care of her and that it was okay that he let go and, you know, move on and that sort of thing. And, and, uh, so I wanted to, I wanted to speak to him, uh, in that way and uh i think it i think it brought him peace and i and i'm i'm sure he heard me and i'm sure he even reacted to me even though the doctors say he couldn't well i i have a personal proof of this is true because um when um when my when my son and my daughter were involved in a car accident and you know my my son was in a coma and while he was in a coma in the hospital, um, not only was my, his my son's girlfriend there at the time, but my son's girlfriend's father, who Jonathan was close to, was there and was sitting by his bedside virtually around the clock. And the guy would never stop talking to Jonathan, you know, on the theory of what we're talking about. You know, he can hear him and he's talking about all of this stuff constantly, constantly, constantly. And the day comes and, and we see John's, you know, eyes flutter and he's coming out of his coma. And and the first, his first words out of his mouth, you know, he said, John, can you hear me? And he looks at um, his girlfriend's father and he said, you are the biggest pain in the ass. <laughs> you never shut up. You know, he was talking like, I mean, for three, four days and like, he must have must have been driving him nuts, he, even though he was in a coma, you know. So, and, and of course, the father said, you know, those are the sweetest words anybody ever said. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so that's uh, that's my personal proof anyway. And of course, there are reams and reams of uh, case studies of people who have had near-death experiences where they are flatlined on the operating table, no brain activity, nothing, not even a heartbeat, and yet when they are revived, they come back and they tell what they saw in the room, what the nurses were talking about, even things that are on other parts of the hospital. So yeah, uh, and again, your your soul doesn't die. So if your body is in in that state, your soul is still there. And if you talk to the person, they will hear it. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know what 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 you mentioned, you know, is is really compelling evidence in those near death experiences because of material science can't explain it, and the doctors just dismiss it. Mm -hmm. But it's not possible, you know, to have that to hear conversations and have these clear lucid experiences when your brainstem is shot, you know, and and yeah, and and you're clinically dead. So how? You know, how, how do you explain something like that? So uh, it really does show, as Tom was saying, that 
we are much more than our physical brains, you know, and that our minds extend, you know, beyond our bodies. Uh, we, we don't have a lot of time to get into it, but there was there was one re- somewhat related question. What, why do some people seem to rally just before they die? Um, I've experienced that. Many other people have told us about it. There's no physical explanation. There's a term for it called, you know, terminal lucidity, you know, with, um, with her. I mean, I had it with my mother-in-law. She, you know, she was, she couldn't communicate at all. And she, you know, you couldn't have a conversation with her. She just like sat there in the facility. And then, you know, I, I show up one day and she's having a, a, a conversation with me like nothing ever happened. Like, you know, when can you please take my taxes over to H&R Block? You know, I mean, I couldn't even say one, you know, and I, and I remember calling a friend saying, you got you to get down to the hospital. Like there's a miracle taking place, you know. And, um, and of course, it lasted for like 24 hours and then she reverted back and, you know, she never spoke again. So how do you explain that? You know, I mean, you can't explain it on a physical level. Doctors can't explain it. So if you can't explain it on a physical level, there has to be a spiritual explanation. You know, perhaps we're given that one last go around to say things to our loved ones and, and communicate, right? Like before I go, I just want to, <laughs> one more word. Yeah. I mean, have you have you, have you heard that? Oh, I absolutely! I've, yeah. Yeah. I, I've um, watched uh, interviews with hospice nurses and that, and that's one of the things that comes up fairly often. Mm-hmm. Right. That's of course that they know that the end is near. Then when that happens, yeah. I know I, it reminds me of that story. It's too long to share right now, but it was our friend whose mom, it was unbelievable. This woman had been being treated for, I, I, I think it was some form of cancer, drove herself to her doctor's appointment at Stony Brook Hospital here on Long Island. The doctors at the appointment tell her there really isn't further treatment they can give her. And she then was directly taken to hospice. Now that sounds to me kind of unbelievable, but this friend was an elementary school teacher and, and a very reliable reporter, but she just spoke about her mom. And, and, and I'm realizing this is getting off topic, but it was just such a beautiful story that, um, you know, her mom's now getting settled into hospice and the whole family has been just to see what's going on. Um, friend walks into the room just to see how mom's doing and she sees her mom trying to get out of the bed and um saying i've got to go i've got to go and my friend thinks you got to go to the bathroom mom and the nurse is going no no i you know i see this a lot they feel the end is coming yeah and these hospice nurses and um sometimes are a lot more evolved than the than than the physicians physicians that they work with. All right, we're almost uh, time for the uh, the end of the show. I'm going to read uh, Claude Swanson's Global Peace Prayer. Uh, Let us, as one consciousness, give our energy of loving thoughts by praying like this: to love one another, to treat others as we would like to be treated, to forgive others and return love for hate, 
kindness for anger, to spread this feeling to everyone, to our fellow man, as well as the earth and its environment. And now it's time to say. Our loved ones are only a heartbeat away. And science is going to prove it. Good night, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight. See you next time. Good night. Good night.